and welcome to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner, and this is my podcast, where every episode we make a playlist for a specific life event, moment, or occasion, always with a special guest. And today we're making a playlist for, I didn't want to sell this show to these idiots anyway, with my special guest, Rachel Bloom. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm... I'm good close to the mic, and I'm good far from the mic. You're a mic expert. I mean, you know your way around a mic. A Dave, a John. Hey. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yay. Um, so why did you pick this topic for the playlist? I think it's very relatable, and um, the last time I successfully uh, sold a show and had it made was like five years ago. Um that and would be crazy ex-girlfriend. Yes. And now I'm a I've been a non-writing producer on some other shows and I've now had the experience for the first time in 5 years of of not selling shows again and it sucks. <laughs> uh it's fucking terrible and I really I relate to the music. I relate to the pump-up music from pitches and then I relate to the pump-up music from hearing they didn't want the pitch. So everything about this I relate to it. Yeah, w- when I was trying to pick songs for it, I thought about a few that were sort of like a little more consoling, a little more like, oh, oh, that hurt my feelings that I didn't sell it. And then I was like, wait, that's not this one. This is this is not a wallowing and you're sad. This is, I don't even want you fucking anyway. Yeah, exactly. And you try to justify, well, they would have ruined it. Mm-hmm. They don't get me. Yes. Yeah. They're, they can't see my vision. Yes. So it would have had to get smaller to fit into their boxes. When's the last rejection <sighs> you had? Um, as far as a show? Yeah. Uh, January. That's recent. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I also kind of, I don't know. I I never think anything's happening until it's happened. So I I don't, I wasn't too disappointed. Sure. But I was like, fuck, that would have been cool. That's a generally smart, I've found that to be a generally smart MO. Yeah. And then when the things happen, it's very um, anticlimactic. It's anti-orgasmic when it happens. How so? I just feel like it's it's your lawyer calling you, being like, hey, this deal came through. What is it? And you're like, oh, that, wait, what? That actually happened? And they're like, yeah, yeah, anyway, but we have a problem with this one clause. And you're like, but no one gave me a balloon, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also think that things often come in baby steps and we expect them to come in huge leaps. So, like, by the time you get that thing, you've gotten so many things leading up to it, it's it doesn't feel like the way you thought it would feel when you were 13 and it was like ages away and a huge leap. It doesn't work in the way that it does in typical like um, ingenue movie narratives or like musicals where you just come from Ohio and it happens all of a sudden. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's incremental boring steps. Yes. You step off a bus with one suitcase full of nothing. So it's easily swung around and <laughs> announce your dreams to everyone. Yeah. Ah, if only it was that easy. If only. What a heavy suitcase, though. Yeah, you can't swing those Everything? things around. You'll hurt people. Exactly. <laughs> now you get a roller bag. You just let it swing itself around. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you want to get into this playlist? Yeah. All right, great. So the first po- the, the first song in it is Your Choice. Yeah, this is a classic favorite of mine. This <laughs> is uh, All Star by Smash Mouth. I gotta say, um, it, it, it holds up for me. It truly it does. It makes me happy. I think because it made me happy at the worst time in my life, which was middle school, it still makes me happy in spite of all odds. I could be in a crippling depression and it still would make me really happy. Yeah, it's just innately happy. You can either, it can either make you happy 
ironically or unironically. Either way, you're still like, listen to this guy. And it means so little that it means so much. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, there's not, it's not too specific in a way. It's not about romantic love. It's not about getting a guy or losing a girl. It's just about, like, you're an all-star. Get yeah. your game on. It, Go play. So it's about thinking of yourself as an all-star, yeah. even though you have no evidence of it. Yes. Yeah. Even when the world, um, oh, God, you know, you're bundled up now. Mm-hmm. Wait till you get older. But the media men beg to differ. Mm-hmm. The media mm-hmm. men say you can't do it. Judging mm-hmm. by the hole in the satellite picture, the odds are against you, but you're still an all-star. Get your game on. Go. Play. Play, play. Yes. Okay, yeah. 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 Uh, at that point, it was just sort of it. Oh, what? Is that me? <laughs> <laughs> that, that that was my actual phone just playing, uh, but it felt like whenever Smash Mouth hears that you're talking about them, it felt like fairies. Yeah, right? it felt like oh, it just came out of everywhere. The Smash Mouth yeah. fairies. Yes, that'd be delightful. You know, pitch that. Mm, it's like a retelling of um uh that what's Snow the... White and the Seven Dwarves, but the Seven Dwarves are Smash Mouth. I was gonna say the Elves and the Shoemaker. Okay, yeah. So you leave your song on a, on a bench overnight, and Smash Mouth finishes it. Yeah, yeah. I like and that. you go ah. Uh... Ooh, I mean, I can't tell this like, is better. But it kind of is fun. Like, I imagine myself in a in a, a, a PT cruiser listening to this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was about to say um, my uncle's houseboat. Okay, a PT cruiser and, to a houseboat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, you know, put it on repeat. Just keep going with it. With unlimited fish tacos. Uh, so the, the you found this in middle school? Yeah. And that was a bummer. Well, it came out when I was in middle school. (laughs) I was in middle school. I, you know, you're most impressionable when you're kind of in like fifth grade through seventh grade, and that happens to be what others say is like the worst period in American music history. Um, It's you know the late '90s, early 2000s. So I have a fondness for a lot of these songs that people you know turn their noses up at. Right. Yeah. Uh, Popular music. All all great music was popular music. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, pop music sucks, it's like, well, you know, whatever you laud as some big deal, whatever, uh, Mozart, that was pop music. Yeah. At the time. So calm down. Everybody likes Genie in a Bottle is what I'm saying. Great um, song. And is of that same era. The next song in the playlist, uh, to follow that up, is my choice, um, Freedom 90. Mm-hmm. By George Michael. Mm. Why? Because um, it just. Because. Um, I won't let you down. I won't let me down. Mm. I will not give me up. It feels like it's like having faith in yourself. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this just like yeah gives me a real like um, shedding other people's expectations and bullshit kind of feeling. There's a real major key all star feel to this. <laughs> Not to impose Smash Mouth on everybody. Well, you know, I try to make the playlists uh, flow somewhat from song to song. Okay, that's so fair. it's not too jarring. But uh, I also like to have some meaning in there. And yeah, I have this on uh, pl- on playlists when I actually do have to pitch, and it works for on the way there and on the way back. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I don't know. Uh, you're in the middle of editing your 
Yeah, it's good to hear this music because we just filmed the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend concert special less than two days ago. Um, I'm exhausted. And when you film a live special, the director kind of in the moment, because they're used to doing these shows live as opposed to taped, um, kind of puts an edit together while you're filming it. Mm -hmm. So I came in today to basically a director's cut already. Less than like two days after filming a thing, and we owe the studio the first cut on Wednesday. It's just, uh, it's a it's lot. It's really tiring. <laughs> yeah. And we filmed, oh my God, we filmed like a 90 minute special, but it has to fit within 42 minutes. So there are a lot of, I mean, yeah. to use the phrase, babies being killed right now. Well, both this situation and this, you, you just selling the, the show in the first place, it feels like it's sort of, like, hooray, here is so much work for you. Yes, it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's been the I I'll probably get some sort of major illness <laughs> in a couple Ooh, years what will it from be? all the work. I have no idea. Ooh, maybe maybe like it'll a, be something maybe, new and maybe after like me. Spine fungus or something. <laughs> maybe maybe it'll be like like uh, like an ear bulge. Something good. Yeah, it's probably going to be something that starts lodged in my throat and tentacles out of my vagina and wraps itself around my thighs. I'm always worried about vagina tentacles, especially like, uh, you know, anytime I use a public restroom, I'm like, I'm rolling the Mm. dice here. This is how you get vagina tentacles. Mm -hmm. And then everyone knows because it's not something that's that's easily hidden unless you wear like flowy maxi dresses. (laughs) And I don't. I'm a trouser girl. Um, do you want oh, to you're screwed then. I know. I know. And But not very often with the tentacles. They get in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to do the next song? Oh, this has been... Okay, so this is uh, The Underdog by Spoon. Yes, it is. And this has been a pump-up tune of mine for a long time. And it actually started... Uh, I went through a very bad breakup, and the, basically the moment I broke up with this guy, this is 13 years ago, 12 years ago, I played this song, and it made me instantly feel better. I was like, I dodged a bullet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how literal I took the lyrics when I was, like, pumped trying to get over a breakup, but it's just the general feel of the song. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, like... It's it's one of those things that sort of uh, uh, knocks out any other thoughts. Yes, yes, and the chorus is like you you have no fear of the underdog. That's why you will not survive. If you you don't fear me, you don't understand that I'm a force to be reckoned with, and that's why I'm going to demolish you. Mm-hmm. That's uh, yeah. It's a it's a great choice. This actually most of your choices, Aristotle has been very excited about. Yay! Oh good, because <laughs> I think my music taste is so weird. Because it's really what it is is me compensating for only knowing. Um, culty show tunes until like age 22 what makes a, a show tune culty <sighs> sondheim <laughs> how i i think of sondheim as like the 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 big show not no. like i i guess i like jason I, robert brown you know oh i guess jason robert brown is more culty yeah that's true um I guess it's stuff that, like, the average average (laughs) non-theater person knows. Like, I wouldn't consider, like, anything Andrew Lloyd Webber or anything, like, Disney Alan Menken. That's that's not culty. 
Mm-hmm. That's mainstream musical theater. Yes. Yeah. So something that you have to have probably seen in a theater. Yes. Or just listen to a cast recording, which is even more obscure if you haven't seen it in the theater. Yeah. And it's like a cast recording that you had to go to a special store to get. Yeah. I, The Colony. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, gone now. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Sad. I remember the first time I went to the Colony record store in Times Square, which is where you would go for all of the show tunes and um, mm-hmm. and sheet music and everything. I was a teen in a. Uh, I was. I would never have called myself goth, but everyone else did, <laughs> um, and had a big trench coat. And I got followed around by security. And it's also those tentacles. Yes. Well, they were dragging and they were picking up a lot of those. They had karaoke tapes mm-hmm. there and the tentacles love the karaoke mm-hmm. tapes. Um, but, yeah, I always remember that being like, yay, so much musical theater. Oh, they think I'm a thief. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, well. How did you get into musical theater? Um, probably the same way you did. I mean, I just. From I your sister. It. No, never mind. <laughs> uh, no, for my grandfather. My grand, my grandfather and my mother. My grandfather was an um, an amateur theater director, actor, and stand up comic. Wow. Yeah, and so he got me into musicals really young, and they took me to see Guys and Dolls. My grandparents took me to see a, a community theater production of Guys and Dolls when I was like four or five, and I remember that being very, very important. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a great first show. Oh, it's a, it's a really good first show. I remember Adelaide looked right at me during Bushel and a Peck. And, and then you're like, w- she's funny and she's sexy. Yeah, Man. exactly. I was <laughs> like, ooh, feel something in my tentacle parts. Uh-huh. Uh, and it just, I, I just, I don't know, it felt natural. I just fell in love with it. I mean, was it, was your love from from your sister or did your sister and you develop it separately? I don't have siblings, well, no. so I don't know how it works. <laughs> no, it was just always around because of her. I mean, my parents liked musical theater, my, my mom especially. Um, but it was just constantly part of my life uh, because she was already performing when I was a little kid. Um, so a lot of times I would, you know, if there was no babysitter, I was just at the back of a theater watching grown-ups rehearse. But she was also like the kid in the actual grown-up shows. Right. So, and I started performing in them because they would be like, isn't there a smaller one? We need some kid to run in and then mm. run out, you know, some little tiny part. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I remember being at rehearsals and knowing all of the lines Mm. for adult actors. And so when someone would call line, I, some six-year-old who was not even technically involved in the show, in the back would be like, it's uh, a... Oh, that's so cute. Oh, they don't like that. Oh, that's adorable. (laughs) I mean, I think they probably, if if it hadn't been adorable, they would have gotten upset with me earlier, but they did have to be like, Eliza, don't do that. Oh, that's really sweet, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, knew all the words to pretty much all of uh, Jesus Christ Superstar mm-hmm. as a small child. Um, a lot of sections of Oliver. Don't retain any of that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Your sister was Nancy, I assume? Uh, she, no, she was like, I think Nancy is like, is Nancy the grown-up one? Yeah. She has like a kid? No. I don't know who she was. Because there was a gr- there's an, a, a legit oh, adult. No, Nancy has Nancy. a best friend who's a child called... Um, that's it. I think it's Beth. Their home Beth. I was Nancy. Oh, so I'm trying to channel. Okay. I, think, I think her All name's right. Beth. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, what's that? What's the? It's I love him so song. Yeah. As long as he needs me. As long as he needs me. Yeah. I was like, the, what's the codependent song? A tribute to domestic mm-hmm. violence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was actually surprised that this playlist, the spoilers ahead, uh, does not have a whole lot of musical theater on it. Yeah. Um. I think subconsciously because it's me trying to be cool but also it's trying to it's me trying to reckon with the world 
mm-hmm. and musical theater at this point. I know that it seems dorky, so I wonder if there is a subconscious shame. And I want a song where if I were playing it, other people would respect me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I feel a lot of that. And it especially gets to me with the production values on certain songs. Mm. Like I'm like, I you got to But that song is good. Yeah. The bones of it. And listen to the words and the tune. Yeah. OK. It clearly was produced in 1981 and that's all over it. And it's not necessarily what we like to listen to now but i would i so I, I kind of like want every every song i really like from uh, uh musicals to be reproduced now in and like by good producers by mark ronson yes mm-hmm. yeah i think there's something to every time i listen to songs there's some sort of visual fantasy element i don't know if this is how that's kind of how i think of music is mm-hmm. like i'll listen to it and then i'll kind of I don't know, like imagine myself doing it, which is literally the premise of my <laughs> yeah, television yeah, show. That's you've uh, made uh, good good use of that. Yeah, yeah, tis one to one. And I think there's something to like if someone rejects a pitch or rejects me in general. There's a fantasy of like coming back in the room and doing this song. <laughs> I'm not gonna win them over by singing a little more mascara from La Cage Full. As empowered as that makes me feel, yeah, I'm gonna win them over yeah. with Smash Mouth. I yeah. guess. Yeah, you will. I guess I will. Uh, yeah, you can't you can't tear down a wall to the last verse of nothing from yeah. uh, chorus line. <laughs> um, well, the next song is <laughs> "Juice" by Lizzo. Mmm. Mmm. Just another classic. Like I'm okay. I feel like most of her songs are most yeah. of her songs are. Are, are like life is not glamorous but I am yeah yep. this is great she's so good oh, great. yeah she's got this just uh amazing flow yeah where she like places things and the way she uses rhythm in her delivery Ugh, I just I fucking love it I love it. And that's the sort of thing that, yeah, you can't be, you, you can't sit on the subway and think, oh, God, I really fucked that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, or drive home and think, like, wow, why didn't you, you didn't say the <laughs> part of the pitch. Fuck. Uh, when you're listening to this kind of music. I love your point that I am, I can rise above it. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, this common thread in this idea of not, I think we're going for songs. There aren't songs that, that we're going for that are, like, life is great and you should be great. It's songs that all come from a place of adversity, of I'm going to rise above this despite the fact life is awful. Yeah, yeah. And this is a business where there's so little control. Yes. Like, everyone has gatekeepers. Everyone has tell- has someone telling them what they are and are not allowed to do, which I think is especially difficult coming from a background of performance where you just decide to get on stage. And they're non-creatives. I mean, I think that's definitely to be snobby, and I apologize to any, like, executives listening. But I think the hardest thing is that a lot of times the gatekeepers are people who don't write themselves, have never had an interest in writing, have never necessarily studied story structure. So it's like, why are you deciding what stories I get to tell and, 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 and what I don't get to tell. you, you Well, because their moms paid for them to appear to be on crew teams sure. so oh that they could God. go to fancy schools. Are they going to go to jail? Uh, the parents? 
Is Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin are, are, Laughlin, are they going to go to jail? And I don't know why it's all Felicity Huffman and no William H. Macy. Like I don't know that either. Because he had to, I mean, I don't know. And, and I don't think that about all crimes. I'm not like, your spouse was involved. But this was literally like a family crime. Yeah, right? I mean, the difference is stunning also in what they paid. Like $15,000 next to 500000 I think Lori Laughlin, Laughlin played half a million dollars. <sighs> which is like... It's, I don't know. I mean, $15,000 is obviously a chunk of change, but to like go to jail for 15000 as opposed to like half a million sounds like that's like a like crime. Like you did something. Yeah. 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 And it's crazy because her kid clearly does not seem to care oh. about being in school oh. and already has a career. Like if that's oh, all she wants to do. I don't know. Let her do that. What Let somebody I would who is do. excited about school go to school. I, I don't know what I would do if I had a child that became an influencer. <sighs> Isn't that like a, the new parent nightmare? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so because not only are they doing something that, if it was me, I don't think I would respect a whole lot. Yeah. But also, someone was saying, uh, talking about this whole case, being like, "Well, I would just be like, you study." Or you don't get any money from me. I'm not paying for you to go to school unless you study and get your grades up. And I was like, yeah, they don't care about money. They have tons and mm, tons of money mm. of their own because they're influencers. Mm-hmm. So there's no, which I feel like is usually the parent-child final answer. Like, well, you don't get the car. You don't get the fancy dinner. You don't get the shirt you want, whatever. In that situation, sorry, they, you, your parents have no authority, basically. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you're not, and it's not like you're, I don't know, this is me not knowing a lot about either modeling culture or influencer culture. Um, but like when you're hustling as like a teen model, you're like hustling. You're going to auditions or, I don't know, Houses, uh, you're, 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 you're like, <laughs> yeah. You're, there's a word for it. I remember uh, from Top uh, Model, but uh, I can't remember. Yeah, what it I is. don't know. You're going to you're cat, 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 cat casting parades. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're going to cat, cat parades, parades separately, right. just to like unwind. I'm, this is going to distract me for a while. I'm really going to be thinking about cat parades. Like they're on little floats, and they oh, have it's great, and they got little color coded outfits. And, and here's what makes it cuter. They don't enjoy it. Oh, they're, they're not just happy. Their, their dumb little faces just look the same. <sighs> they got big cat balloons held by smaller cats. <laughs> uh, anyway, you were saying you hustle when you're a teen mom. Yeah, but like when you're an Instagram influencer, from what I've seen, you take a picture mm-hmm. and then you spend time contouring <laughs> and well, then you're done. Sometimes you contour before the picture. Oh, that's even. true. That's true. Yeah. But you do it like from your house. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And... But it's it's also like such a closed loop because not only do you have to do you not have to go anywhere, you don't have to co- collaborate with anyone. You don't have to even talk with anyone. And the whole there's there's this whole thing about like we're doing collabs, but they don't really. No. Um, and so it, I feel like it's it, it it just feels like chewing up the same food mm. instead of eating something sure, new. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Um, I you know we have to do social media, both of us as part of our jobs. I know that I, as much as I do it, and I do it kind of a lot, like I, I post pretty frequently. So do I. And I feel pretty hollow about it frequently. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what was that for? I feel like it kind of gave away a little bit of me. Someone knows what the inside of my house looks like now. Yeah, oh, I take well. I hope ins- they come yeah. to a show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is like it's for – and. I think the lie that I know I tell myself and you probably tell yourself is is that, right? That, well, well, I guess I have to do it. Um, 
because it it feeds my career or it promotes my show. But really, really? Or are you just justifying this addiction? And I think for me, it's more the latter. I don't I don't know, because I mean, I I do have to post stuff about my shows. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. people don't know about them. Sure. The other stuff that isn't directly about the show or whatever else I want people to know about does keep my feed going. Yeah. But I definitely haven't have uh, have posts that I'm like, I just can't leave that up. I'm <laughs> taking that down. It's just too much because it just feels like it feels like saying me. And it feels like a conversation where I'm just like me, 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 me. And I'm like, Oof, just shut up for a little bit. I just need to not hear my voice, not see my face. Although, with the right filter, if you just went me, me, <laughs> me, me, I bet you could get a sponsorship. Yeah. I mean... F- from, like, Glossier or something. You think? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you post mostly from toilets? It's a lot of toilet posts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that it's... I think that's, that's a fun spin on it. That's indicative of when... Because oftentimes I remove Instagram and Twitter from my phone. I don't mm-hmm. have it on my phone all the time. Because my go-to is when I'm on the toilet bored instead of... First of all, I shouldn't have my phone on the toilet because feces is just on my phone all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then your phone phone is is occasionally near your eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm covered in shit. (laughs) And literally, as you could see, I walked in covered in shit. Yeah, that was weird. But It's an artistic thing I'm doing. You cleaned yourself up. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for letting me use the bathroom. Uh, But but I'll be on the toilet and like, all right, if I'm going to have my phone, read the news. Nope. If Instagram's on there, I'll just check Instagram and be like, I haven't posted in a while. I want some dopamine. Mm-hmm. Here's a picture of me. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to get that dopamine. The more followers you have, it's 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 intoxicating. Um, once my show's done, I'm going to take uh, – I had comments off my Instagram for a while. Not because I was, like, getting bad comments, just because you read the comments and you stay on Instagram more. Mm-hmm. And there is something about taking the comments off. It breaks the spell a little bit, but it – I think it makes your Instagram less hard to find. It engages people a lot less. And I do genuinely want people to watch the show and watch the videos that I post. But, like, it definitely, when I've had comments off, breaks that spell a little. I think that comments are kind of, if not the worst, one of the worst things that happened in the development of the Internet. Yeah. Um, But you can take them off. Well, but they're on everything. I just mean the whole concept of before the Internet, like, when you— when you would get a magazine, when you get the newspaper, there wasn't like comments scrawled all over everything. You would have to, if you wanted to, think about your idea, write it down in a letter, send it off to people, and then they would go, is this good enough to publish? It kind of is. Yeah, they have an interesting thought. And then they publish it. Right. And then with the internet, it was just like, no matter how much time or thought someone has put into something, anyone with an internet connection can be like or my dick and balls right I mean Hamilton releases the (sighs) Federalist Papers and it's like you fat girl yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and 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 then it became like well it has to be there we have to be able to have our say our say is just as important as well no this other stuff was researched and done draft after draft and someone put a lot of thought into it and so your dick and balls comment not actually as good yeah it's not and if I say anything like that on the internet, people are like, "How dare you censor me?" Oh, I'm like because I'm coming for you <laughs> to take your guns and words. Uh, next song. <laughs> Is this mine? <laughs> yes. 
Oh, this was a lazy choice. <laughs> this is just a pump-up song. This has nothing to do with rejection. I just really love the song Fernando by ABBA. That's it. That's fine. You I need just that love in it. There. I just love it. That's it. Why this one? There's a lot of ABBA choices that you could have picked. It makes me really happy, the chorus, when the chorus kicks in, because there's so much lead-up. The verse is so long. The verse is like eight minutes long. And you finally get to that chorus. And it's like, yes, I and I earned it. I earned the chorus because I stuck through. through the verse, which is fine. I think it's about a civil war. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's drums. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of Mamma Mia? I love it. <laughs> I say I go it. through like three emotions there. Yeah, I mean, the snob in me wants to say like, ugh. But no, I love it. And I love the movie. That's I, great. I, I, it, it brings me joy. Look, man, the world is ending. We're all going to, I mean, we're definitely all going to die, but probably soon and all together. So just love whatever you love. Fuck being a dork. Wait, soon and all together, what do you know that I don't know? Oh, um, just climate change. Oh, yeah. I just am, like, concerned about I thought change. maybe you knew something. Oh, yeah, about me taking everyone's guns. I'm taking them <laughs> so I can turn them on everyone. No, I should. Let's edit that part out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. I, uh, yeah, I've, I have kind of given up on trying to be cool with my music choices or, oh, or what yeah. I like and yeah. what I don't. Um, so, yeah, I, the, one, the first time I saw Mamma Mia... I didn't really know any ABBA. Um, I had just moved to New York. I think I was like 20. And they, uh, I, I remember that they would they do like lines leading up to the songs. Mm. Like, um, like, well, if you change your mind. Uh. <laughs> and the audience would be like, Wah! and I didn't know the song. So I was like, what is happening? Why is everyone, <laughs> oh, it's going to be a song. I get it now. Um, so I was really not locked in with the rest of the audience in that experience. Um, did you ever get to see it live? I did. And it actually was one of my first exposures to ABBA. Well, that Mir- my mother's love for Muriel's wedding was the first thing, um, which I've only recently actually seen myself. And then Mamma Mia was the second thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's basic, but like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I don't, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm saying that to myself. <laughs> yeah. Every time I judge myself for liking something, the term guilty pleasure is very weird to me because it it implies that there's a guilt to pleasure. Exactly. And fuck that. Yeah, I totally agree. I did a my friend has a show called Guilty Treasures oh. where people sing their guilty pleasure songs and they asked me to do it and was like, "Hey, so what what song? What's your guilty pleasure?" And I was like, "Nothing. I am proud of them all." Yeah. But I know that a lot of people aren't crazy about Payphone by Maroon 5. So That's I'll what do it that. is. It's like public pers- – what it really is, is is guilty pleasure, I think, is you marrying your loves with what you – what appear to be the public perception of them. Mm-hmm. And so if you love housewife shows, I don't. But if you do and you know that smart people call them trash, you then notice – to acknowledge their trash to save face while still watching them. Yes. Yeah. It's almost – Almost uh, playing it like you're doing it ironically. Yes. Um, which I feel like I, I, I get accused of frequently, especially with uh, Tyler, per- Taylor, Tyler Perry movies. But you love Tyler I Perry movies. I do love Tyler Perry movies. It's not ironic for you. No, and I don't think – I think it's strange that people um, have a hard time with that. 
but understand that people would love, say, a Hallmark movie because mm-hmm. um, it's the same thing. Now, there's an inherent racial bias in people giving you shit. I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not like a, I'm like, no, I love it because it's Citizen Kane. Like, no, I love it because it's high drama. Yep. And it and then it swings to total farce comedy in within seconds. Uh, no one else is doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it. When are you going to be the white villain in a Tyler Perry movie? I have auditioned. Oh. But by the time I could, I was getting opportunities to do that, he, like, you know, those parts were going to, like, Kim Kardashian. Sure, and, like, sure. You know, his his famous friends. But maybe someday. I don't know. Uh, a girl can dream. The next choice uh, for the playlist is Shallow by mm. Lady Gaga. Okay. Because I feel like when you're trying to sell your idea, really, 99 people cannot believe in it. Tell me something it just takes good. that one person. You just need one network, one weirdo at that network to believe in your idea. Well, or you need one weirdo at that network <laughs> and then who sell also it to a whole bunch clearly of wants to fuck you mm-hmm. and then is going to take your idea even though you're like, no, this idea is not ready. Yeah, and they're like, going I said to... like a sentence of that idea and they're like, no, I have a full pitch of it. Yeah. And I'm going to pass it off as my own until you step up. And it's like, okay, but that's like, I don't know, consent wise, that's weird. And also, why were you standing over my bed and I guess I'll marry you? And wait, (laughs) what do I think about my career now? I guess I'm on SNL. Do I like the song? I don't know. It's not really my story. So you were a big fan of uh, Stars Born. I have. I, I'm fine saying I have. I have. I have issues with the story of that movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm. I, it's nothing against the performances or even the direction. I just. Yeah. I mean, there have been a lot of articles written about the agency and the disappearance of the female characters. Mm-hmm. The star who is born. Yeah. This is a point of view. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's an improvement on some of the other versions of it, but. It's a deeply flawed story. Yeah. It's in or, like, wow, isn't it so sad that this girl became famous? I, I mean that this guy stopped being fa- famous. Uh, I, no, 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 no. It's good. It's right. good for her. Right. Good for, good for her. Like, why does it have to be mm. that exchange? Well, I mean, look, that's the... I mean, my main... Yeah, my main thought of the movie was just a writing note where, like, I don't know what she thinks about her career anymore. I, I don't. I know what she thought. I know what she thought about her songwriting, and then yeah. I just I lose what the movie thinks about her career and what she thinks about her career. Yeah, and I think that that led to a lot of weird discussion because um, I heard a lot of people talking about how bad the songs in it are, like the ones that are quote unquote supposed to be bad. Yeah, pop songs, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So you think that Lady Gaga wrote bad pop songs? Lady Gaga, who started with Just Dance, Poker Face, Paparazzi, like that. Well, that's the weird thing is so her performance on SNL in that movie, is that supposed to be like early Gaga? I don't know what it's. And that's that's if I just knew what the character thought, because mm-hmm. there's there isn't. A, so he's making fun of her in the tub <laughs> and and it gets into this discussion of you call me ugly or whatever. I just a sentence about her being like, listen, I know that my. My uh, the tone and style of my music has changed. It's because X Y Z. Or listen, I know that it's not quality wise where it was. I get that, but X Y Z. Like I don't even know her artistic sensibility disappeared. Yeah, and is it even that 
the quality isn't where it was or is it the genre is different and I am executing this genre yeah like competently but it's not this roots rock stuff that I was yes doing with you which is which, a male genre exactly and so now you're saying this female genre is less than I mean that yeah that that movie is it's a uh, it's a male gaze. I mean, what, what are we what are we doing here? And not saying male gaze. It's a male gaze. Yeah. But I I thought it was shot beautifully, um, and I thought she was brilliant in it. And I I thought all the, yeah, he was brilliant. I thought the acting was great. It's just it's not a star is born. It's 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 a star. A dies. star dies. Yeah. yeah, a star is sacrificed. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Bradley Cooper's dog. Do you think Bradley Cooper's dog at any point thought Bradley Cooper was in trouble? Uh, no. I'm I'm assuming that they had, like, a long talk with him. Mm, great. And were like, listen, this is acting. And the dog's like, I get it. I'm trained. Great. And I did, you know. Just that scene where you swing in and the dog is like, Aru? Really sad. Yeah. Did you think of Wiley? I don't think Wiley would mourn my death. <laughs> Honestly, she's ruthless, man. What, would she just, like, straight up eat you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just... She's Do you think not... that that's... Is that true of you and Gregor, your husband? No, or no, is no, it? No. Is it just you? I'm the stepmother that came in because she was his dog. I mean, we picked her out together, but we were long distance. Mm-hmm. And so she, he's her original mommy. And she, uh... I don't know. She plays it cool around me. And women in general. She prefers men. Yeah, I mean, me too. Um, but only sexually, not like to go to a dog park. Yeah. Um, I, I I have uh, I've spent time with Wiley. Yeah. I dog sat her once for a few days. Yeah. And, uh, Thoughts? I broke all the rules. Um, you mean? I let her. I, I didn't. I was, she was supposed to stay in the crate. I just... Uh, oh, that's like years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That well, doesn't happen anymore. Okay. She sleeps parallel to us in bed. Uh, like in between you? Yeah. Or, okay. Like sometimes he'll be spooning her and her paws will be in my back. Nice. That's a She has complete free reign of the house. No boundaries, <laughs> no rules. She's great. No, she's great. I just... And maybe she'd mourn me. I just... And I know she loves me, but she's just like, I don't know, she's kind of doing her own thing. I think that's healthy. I think that's having like she's not, a sense yes. of self. She's not codependent. No, she has a very strong sense of self. She's confident. And that's because she's supported. I mean, if I gave her a steak before I killed myself, she'd probably be rooting for me to kill myself. Bradley Cooper gives his dog like a whole steak. Yeah, but when, wouldn't she be like... Who's going to give me more of the steak? She doesn't think that far ahead. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I uh, I was not crazy about A Star Is Born, but I didn't hate it as much as the people that I went with. Mm-hmm. I and yeah, and it's a complicated thing because I thought some parts were wonderful and art artful and beautiful, and it did emotionally affect me. The part where he peed. <sighs> I love that. Well, it's because that's what I'm into. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, well, next song on the playlist is yours. Let's see what I chose. Oh, right. This is what this is really a song that I associate with all bullies. There's always someone cooler than you by Ben Folds. This is just such a nerd takedown of bullies. I just this is what I think about any rejection. Uh, this is really what I associate with my first writing job. 
There were some really mean dudes on that writing staff, and I would play this song and blast it, which I'm sure if they saw me blasting, they would make fun of me. What a nerd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's... I love him. I love Ben Folds. Yeah, um, it's it's tough to feel like where is the right balance of like being angry about that stuff mm. and letting it go because I feel like we're told like don't get angry, let it go, mm. just let that all go, and it's and I think that that's like really damaging. Mm. Like you're supposed to be angry, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be upset when someone treats you badly. You're not supposed to, and I and I don't understand why we're not really allowed to do that. Well, there's look, this positivity I, thing. Yeah, I think there's. I mean, in this particular instance, when I was feeling down and out, it was my first writing staff on like a big deal TV writing job. So I, I think there was a little part of me that felt ungrateful to not um, to be miserable. I felt ungrateful to be miserable, um, and so there was a, a guilt in that. And then I think there is a at a certain point, you know, it being the poison. What revenge is a poison that you swallow yourself? Oh yeah, but yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 hurting yourself. Yeah, like it. you want. Well, yeah, you wish you them harm. To yes, if you hold on to things, but I think that sometimes getting angry and allowing yourself to recognize that gets you to the point where you're like, I shouldn't be in this position. Yes, I should leave this job. Right, but if you're like, no, it should it fe- it should feel happy. It should feel happy to me what they say to me every day and the way that I get treated here. I am just not, like, lighting enough candles inside myself. Right. Um, Like, yeah, throw on a song that's like, fuck you people, and figure out, like, okay, I shouldn't be in this position then. I should be someplace else. Right. You know? Um, And, yeah, I think that that, I think it's just this thing that's been kind of fed to people for a while. Yeah, it's a good point. Thank you. And I think fed to women, too. Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. I think Men aren't taught complacency in the same way. Yeah. And they're not taught that, they're, that their discomfort is unattractive. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. pretty distasteful if you're, unattra- if you're upset about things. Can't you just be cool? Right. Can't you just... just... That's yeah. funny. Those are jokes, what we say. The guise of wanting to be the chill chick mm-hmm. is definitely a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um... And speaking of saying fuck you, the next song is Fuck You by Lily Allen. Oh, that's a great song. Look inside. Look inside your tiny mind and look a bit harder. Cause we're so uninspired, so sick and tired of all the hatred you harbor. So, so you say. It's not quite about this. Type of situation, but I like the the like happy bounciness of that fuck you. It's great, and I think that is that's kind of what I'm trying to get at with the you should be allowed to feel angry because I think when you're not allowed to feel when one isn't allowed to feel angry, that's when it gets that like snarly sort of like ah, what do I do with this feeling? Mm-hmm. But when you can feel like hey, you know what? That's fucking bullshit. What they did, you it with like confidence, then. You the, then there's a lightness to it, and you yeah. can move past it, and you're you're certain of it. You're not like 
Did anybody else see that? That's a really good point. There's a joy in having conviction yeah. when you know that something is not right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and if anybody ever doesn't buy an idea from you, that's fucked up. Yeah, it's fundamentally right. immoral and unethical. <laughs> How dare they? Yes, I agree. Ah. Um, so are you All right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <It's pitches. laughs> yeah. We're talking about pitches. Um, how do you how do you develop a pitch? What do you think about? Oh. What do you care about? Oh, oh boy. Mm-hmm. Um, what are things that I believe about the world or I want to explore that I haven't seen explored? Mm-hmm. That's really it for me. So for Crazy Ex Girlfriend, what yeah. what was that? What was the seed of that? Well. Aline found me through all those music videos I was doing, and, and I mean, what I've been doing in those music videos was taking my sketch comedy training and my joke training and combining it with my love of musical theater and then also my love of, of acting and character development and, and trying to, like, marry the two. Um, and Aline saw the kind of moments of sadness and desperation and vulnerability in those Mm -hmm. and had an idea for a movie called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that became the television show. And so I think that, I mean, with the show, what we ended up doing that I do think is new is looking at love and obsession and romantic love with a critical lens. Um, And that that, feels new. Was that always the intent or was that something you discovered? Yeah. It was always because it was always about a person who um, had been made delusional or been fed, uh, had been telling herself lies and sold a bill of goods and um, was telling herself the wrong stories mm-hmm. or was people were telling her the wrong stories about who she was. Mm-hmm. So it's always that it was always that disconnect between what the world says is the way what the world says the status quo is and the way that you actually feel yeah um i you did it thank you yeah um and i think you also just allowed for so many different ways to be a female character oh thank you you know like as as a lead and also with motivations like small motivations and also very deep, dark motivations instead of just, like, pushing a story along, pushing a male character along, um, fulfilling a romantic, I don't know, script that's laid out. Um, And so that was, like, really exciting to see. Thank you. Yeah, it was really fun for me, but, like, really fun for Aline because she'd been writing um, studio movies where you're always taught protect the lead, um... Make sure the lead's always likable. She never does anything gross. And we had my character fucking ex-boyfriend's dad. And so I think that was very especially fun for her to kind of free to herself. Pr- to prove those rules weren't To prove right. those rules, yes. And because and, and, this is what people do. Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, and it's bizarre that we have this the, these stories that we collectively tell each other that are full fiction and not a reflection of our actual lives. Right. And, like, the rule is don't make it like real life. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't like it if it if it is too much like a real life. Like, well, no, that's not true. Right. And also the idea of, well, we want the female character to be likable. Um, and we we don't want her to be annoying. We want to root for her. And it's like, why were you all went crazy for Mad Men? Yeah. He's awful in it. As long as you understand 
where they're coming from, it's the same. But again, we get into like the male gaze of a little bit of like, no, I'm fine with with the guys being antiheroes because I'm a dude and I understand where they're coming from. But a woman, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. I'm threatened by it. Yeah. One of my big pet peeves is um, uh, the the whole like, uh, she should have that that character, that girl character should have picked this other person. Like the classic mm-hmm. one is uh, Pretty in Pink. Mm-hmm. Um, she should have picked Ducky, and I'm always like, "Fuck that!" She never wanted to fuck Ducky. Yeah, these stop making female characters like pick the nice one instead of the one that they want to fuck with their guts and their butts. Yeah, the, like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, the idea of a man being deserving of pussy, uh, of your pussy, just because he opens a door for you and listens to you cry. If that's the only reason you're doing it, close the door in my face. Yeah. If that's what you're expecting, fuck off. Yeah, and it's and it's fucking up everybody. Yeah, not just women. But especially women. And, and it's it's interesting that we're talking about this because you're in the series finale of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I am, mm-hmm. yes. That was very exciting. Thank um, you. You're great. Oh, so are you. Oh, thank you. Um, and uh, you, we, we're also talking about pitching, and this is the world in which you are pitching, like, mm-hmm. to male gazes, yeah. <laughs> whether they are male or And now it's changed not. from it really even has. four and a half, five years ago, it, it's remarkably different. Yeah. I mean, I still get very frustrated. Yeah. Um, but it does feel very different. Um, yeah. And it's nice. Yeah. It feels like there's more possibility. Uh, the next song is your choice. Oh. I mean, this is just, I guess you would call this a distra- a diss track. This is Stupid Ho by Nicki Minaj. <laughs> I just, I love That's the reckless, I love the reckless abandonment yeah. of hatred. Yeah, that she just a, doesn't like a give a shit. It's a great word for Nicki Minaj. I've reckless. been looking for a reckless. She's fucking reckless. She doesn't care. And like, this is her just telling Lil Kim, "Fuck you." Mm-hmm. And it's just—it's almost a comedy song yep. because it's so ridiculous. I love Nicki Minaj. Me too. I love the way that she performs, how she enunciates yes. words. Yes. Like, you know she didn't have like 14 takes of this where she was like, oh, I didn't quite sound like I was smiling in that. Like, she's just like, I say it this way. I, I just, <laughs> I just love this song. It yeah. makes me so happy. It's really great. Yeah, she she is reckless. She is totally uh, free no abandonment. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I wish she and that Cardi B didn't fight so much. Well, yeah. You know what? But uh, 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 people have big personalities when they have uh, uh, creative souls, I guess. I know. I don't know. I just, if they were men, would they be fighting this much? I guess Maybe. guys fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And uh, who knows where they'll get to. Maybe someday they'll, they'll end up at a very fancy spa together and be like, I was too tough on you. You know what? I was too tough on you. And they'll be best friends, and then they'll make a great song together. That's a nice children's book. Thank you. Yeah, maybe I'll just pitch that. That's beautiful, actually. <laughs> Cardi and Nikki at the spa. Oh, my. Wait, that's a great children's book. Thank you. It's about being friends with your enemies. Yeah. Which, oh, my God. You know, I love that book. You could, Or you could just at least, like, allow for them to be. That's my new favorite book. Well, I haven't actually written it yet. You got right? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, sure. If it's this important to you. Don't. Please don't cry. <laughs> Please don't cry. Please cry more. I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Uh, fine. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. I, I I talk about Nicki Minaj. I love her. So much. Yeah. I love her so much. She's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, my next song is 
Bad Reputation by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Mm. Mm. I wanted some uh, middle fingers up. Yep. This felt like it did the job. Um, yeah, I feel like for a lot of my career, I felt shackled by a bad reputation. And yeah. like having one and also being concerned about having one. Mm. And uh, I had an agent say, my agent say, um, I, I was saying something like offhanded to her and I was like, yeah, I just, you know, I'm trying to get this done not have anybody like call me a fucking cunt because of it. And she was like, wait, uh, Eliza, they're going to call you a cunt. Hmm. Like they're just all like people who are going to call you a cunt are going to call you a cunt kind of no matter what you do huh. unless you don't do anything. So you have to just be okay with that and then just do what you want to do. And I was like, tough but fair. Well, it's freeing. Yeah, and it it has been. Um, where it's like she sounds cool. Yeah, she is. She's very cool. Wow. Um, and so I so I, I started every time I check myself about like, oh, is someone going to be mad if I say that or if I do that or if I bring up that issue? I was like, that's not something we care about anymore, right, Eliza? Mm. And I was like, right. And I was like, good. And I was like, fair enough. And then would say it and then get, you know, called Called names. a cut. Yeah. <laughs> but like, whatever. It also gets you to kind of like what, my, what I was saying about like getting mad gets you to a better place. Like if someone has a problem with that and that moves you out of that situation, that job, that yeah. whatever, that they, they don't want to work with you, great. That gets you closer to the person who does. Sure. You're not wasting time. Yeah, and I think that there's such truth in our emotions that we ignore. Like, if you're angry or unhappy somewhere, forgetting whose fault it is, who's the cunt, who's the nice person, there's something that needs to be fixed. And whatever the emotion is, ignoring it is ignoring that this is not a – we only live once and we're putting ourselves in an uncomfortable situation, whatever the cause may be. Yeah, and for what and for who. Yes. It's it's your life at the end of the day. What does it say about me that I first heard this song on the soundtrack of Shrek? This was on the soundtrack of Shrek? Shrek? So we've got two Shrek songs on this? Oh, yeah. Wow. Shrek knew how to deal with some disappointment. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I really like that movie. <laughs> I associate it with uh, no, 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 no. Freaks and Geeks. All-Star... Is All Star in Shrek? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I associate it with Rat Race. You're. You're. Well, it was also in that um, Mystery Men movie. Was that it? The 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 superhero yep. one. We're getting yep. a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People love All Star. Huh? Um. Sometimes we're all. Have in you over. ever? Have you seen the Shrek musical? I have. What did you think? It. Ah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Um, I don't think it improved upon the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am very, I have to be, I am mostly just whelmed <laughs> by uh, movies uh, that turn into musicals. Yes. Um, well, there's not, a under, lot of, there's not a lot of uh, room for exploration. Yeah, just the first thing you learn when you study musical theater writing is... Mm-hmm. If you are music, if you are making a musical out of something that is already an existing piece of art, how are you either improving on it, improving upon it, or looking at it from a different lens? 
I don't necessarily often feel that musicals, when there's a really, really well-written movie that's tight and well-told, that a full musical can tell the story better. My theory is always uh, the best musical adaptations of movies are from shitty movies. Yes. Um, Take a boring or, like, not popular movie. Mm -hmm. And do something with that. I mean, that was Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I like Toxic Avenger, the musical. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know it, but it's it, the music was done by the keyboardist from Bon Jovi. Um, so it's very. It's got a real Bon Jovi feel to it. Yeah, I mean, because with musicals, there's you're getting into the songs give you an insight into the character's emotion. And also the music gives it this whole other tone. And so it's what can you do tonally that's different, which Little Shop does. Mm-hmm. It takes it from that B, it, it elevates the B-movie horror into this 60s Motown feel. Um, and, then, and then what do you, what can you say that the source material didn't already say? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, Oklahoma's based on, what, Green Grow the Lilacs? No mm. one liked Green Grow the Lilacs. There you go. So it, and it, it has been forgotten by it time. It really, really, really has. Um, Whereas Oklahoma, still a place where people live. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so I, I remember that it was fine. I mean, I, I remember a lot of the jokes in the musical were just jokes from the movie, Ugh, I that's a real pet peeve of mine yeah. when they make too much of a meal of the jokes from the movie in the musical, especially if they make the jokes from the movie into the songs for the musical. Because oh, I'm like, that's yeah. not what the songs are for. Yeah, the songs are not the celebration of the moment that you remember from the movie. Yes, the songs are specific emotional points. Yes, it's all it's it's also the equivalent of like, it's just someone sitting around going, remember this. <laughs> Although that would be a great musical. Remember this, the musical? Remember this? Mm-hmm. Oh, and remember when that also happened? <laughs> yeah, and you don't have to do the whole songs. You just do, like, little bits of them. Just That's enough a great so people idea. Like, you remember? Okay. That's a great idea. And you're currently working on an adaptation, not into a musical, but um, into full hardcore pornography, right? <laughs> yeah. Of uh, Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually really think this is a great idea. We talked before at a party about, like, uh, high-end porn. But, like, um, porn with a story. Because sex yeah. is fundamental to humanity. Mm-hmm. It's how... I mean, it's it's where we all come from. It's one of our most primal urges. It motivates a lot of what we do. And so why can't there be good, hardcore sex scenes with, like, compelling stories? And it happens very rarely. And I think that uh, it's that porn suffers largely from uh, that male gaze also, mm-hmm. that everything is shot from a male point of view, from what men want. I mean, there's, like, niche porn and there's more of it than there used to be but for the most part it's like the the things that dudes want to see the angles that they are mm. used to seeing them from and want to see them from um why not shoot it from a, a female point of view or a or i don't know a neutral point of view mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like we see what women sucking dicks look like in every porn it's true do we see what men eating pussy look like do we see what men's faces getting their dick sucked look like no. We see women's faces getting eaten out, but it's, yeah. That's a really good point about men's faces. Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't see that a lot, do you? No. 
And huh. I I don't really care what women look like when I don't I don't I don't need to see like a woman's face getting fucked. That doesn't I'm yeah. good for her. I don't like no 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 I don't I don't do anything for Yeah, me. that's male gaze. A dude's face that does something for me. Sure. You know? Sure. It's not what I get shown. Sure. I'm sorry if well, my parents listen to this. Well, and a lot of the more um female forward porn sites have um those search terms mm-hmm. where you can really, really get specific with what you want and it and it is it definitely features yeah. more of a neutral gaze. It's out there, yeah. but it's still niche. It's true. And uh, half of the population should not be niche. It's true. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. It's hard to watch. It's hard to go on those websites. Because um, you have to type in all, so many letters and everything. And no. <laughs> they all have really long names. You know, it, it's hard to go on, like, those websites and then go back to Pornhub. Mm-hmm. And... It's it because it, of all the cartoon porn the ads. Oh, I like that. <laughs> oh man, you're like seeing Lois Griffin. I, I come was all literally over the place. just about to say. I mean, I want to see Lois fuck Stewie, which yes. always just seems oh, to God. be. It's just oh man, or it's the Flintstones. On. Why does yeah. I want to want to fuck Lois Griffin? Because she's she's got a figure, I guess. She wears slacks. Maybe there's something there. I, Most I'm of the not... cartoon moms wear. Dresses, but look, I'm the one who's advocating for like a hardcore Dumbledore Grindelwald porn. That's so. true. Yeah, so maybe be okay with Lois Griffin getting it from. We just know her dog. so much about Lois and Peter's sex life at this point on Family Guy. I don't know anything about Dumbledore and Grindelwald. There's a mystery. Mm-hmm. There's so many questions. Is that the th- that the whole scope of it? Or are we like opening up angles on other characters? Other no, my creatures, pitch. My pitch ghosts? for the oh. Uh, ooh. House elves. Cool. Yeah. No, I'm not into the house elf thing. Someone on my Twitter <laughs> yeah, pitched, just watch anyway. pitched Dobby as a cum rag. I was like, how dare no, you? Dobby just That's, watches. No. 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 <laughs> no. I'm not. In, no. Uh, I think the B story is because um, this God, this a B story. Yeah, yeah. This is a movie that would what take place in the th- in the 20s to the 40s. So oh, so they're young. Beautiful sweeping time, and McGonagall. Almost married a muggle at that time. Mm-hmm. I want to see that forbidden love story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like uh, uh, st- so they, they we were assuming they did have a very physical relationship and they just weren't allowed to uh, uh, get married. Uh, no, it's 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 just a, there's a, a divide between the worlds, right? And you know what? Fucking here's a made here's a perfect like weird we, oh you know a kind of more niche porn that could be the sea story. Is Hagrid is half giant. He's not a full giant? Uh, no. His mom was a giant, and his dad was a fucking human. Uh, what is that sex like? Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Was his dad, like, at least a real big human? No, his dad's little. What? Yeah. So, like, his mom has a micropenis fetish. Yes. So that's a whole area we can get into. Wow. I mean, I guess that's like, you know, when you... See a dog that's like half Great Dane, half Chihuahua. Yes, like something wild happened something at a dog happened. park. Yes. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having. Me. I think we made a really good playlist. I think we made a really good playlist too. I think it will uplift people and make them appropriately angry. Maybe an executive will listen to this and buy a show. Wow, that would be a wild twist. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, where can people find you? Uh, I'll give you my address. Cool. Um, yeah, just come over whenever. Yeah, yeah, I'll just give anyone mm-hmm. my address. Um, 
You can do like honestly, a year-round trick-or-treating thing, right? Yeah, at this point, you can find me eating at Friedman's uh, <laughs> okay. Jewish restaurant in Silver Lake pretty much at least once a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can go to uh, um, my website. It's racheldoesstuff.com. We're playing Radio City Music Hall. Very May exciting. 14th and 15th. There's still tickets. That's nuts. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. That's really cool. It's going to be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so everybody go to that, too. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Eliza Skinner. You can follow the podcast at, at Cool Playlist Pod. You can also find our website at coolplaylistpod.com. And you can find links to all the playlists we make and anything we talk about and our Patreon. We don't have advertisers, so we rely on Patreon co-producers like you. The theme music is by Ross Bryant. The art and logo is by D. Billy at Duchess and the Queen Studio. And the podcast is produced by cool DJ Aristotle Acevedo. Oh, and you can always rate and review us on iTunes. Everybody loves that. Bye.